and Gen Z and millennials as well, I would say cocktails in particular is a, is a big trend that we're seeing. You can see around the cities, in the big cities in particular, cocktail bars are a great place for people to try new flavors and new spirits. But, you know, we're in the alcoholic beverage industry uh, and we believe that it's it's a responsibility for us to be the leaders and showcase the appropriate way to consume uh, beverages in, in a responsible and convivial and uh, enjoyable way for all. And had some really great results. We recently just got um, voted as one of the 100 best places to work. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Vietnam Innovators. Today, we are reporting live from the Pinot Ricard office here in Ho Chi Minh City on the 26th floor of the Viet Cong Bank Tower. Later in today's episode, for those of you watching, you will be seated the view of the Saigon uh, Bridge and the, the whole skyline. It's pretty phenomenal from here. And that's why we're here today at the Pernod Ricard office, because we can see a high-level overview of a lot of different things from this team's office and, and, it, and their insights, especially about alcohol, which I know a lot of you are quite curious about. It's a huge growing market, um, not just beer, which has always been the kind of mainstay of Vietnam alcohol, but also spirits and taking off, particularly cocktails, uh, champagnes and those likes. And, and we're here with a guest today that knows a lot about that. So thank you for being on the show, Antoine. Pleasure. Um, it's been a few, not a few years, you've been here for two years, but two, two years, years in the major two years. that uh, we're having this chat. So it's great to have you on. Um, Antoine, why don't we just start with a little bit about you. Sure. Antoine Breen. Yes. Marketing Director of Pernod Ricard. You spent a lot of time in the Middle East, which is another market where the alcohol industry is in a bit of a unique place. For sure. And Vietnam is a little different, but some similarities. Um, so why don't we just start there? Why make the move? from many years in the Middle East to a place like sure. Vietnam. Sure. Well, just maybe to go back a step or two, that you, you mentioned my name, Antoine Breen. I, I get quite often confused as being a Frenchman. Okay. And yeah. working for a French company, that mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. So I'm actually, I'm from Ireland. My name is Antoine. It's a Gaelic language version of, of Anthony. I've been in the drinks industry for, for as long as I know. When I graduated from, from university, got a job with um, Irish distillers which is the Irish version of, of Pernary Card, or the Irish entity, should I say, of, of Pernary Card. And that took me to a few places, but ultimately I did get, as you say, an opportunity to go to the Middle East, where I, I moved in as a, a brand manager um, for the Shivers Brothers portfolio of, of whiskey. And I spent, as you say, a long time in the Middle East. There's a, there's a bit of a joke about the Middle East that people say they come for two or three years and end up staying for, for 20 plus. I never said that I would stay for two or three years. I said I would stay and see how the opportunity goes. And thankfully for me, there was there was great opportunity with Bernard Ricard there. So I moved into sales roles and then came back into marketing. And after 11 years, it was, it was time. I had uh, done quite a bit, learned quite a lot. We covered quite a few countries in the Middle East. So you mentioned it's Middle East, but we expanded that at some points we, we covered the Sri Lankan markets and Nepal, Bangladesh, Bhutan as well. Uh, and the wider Middle East, the Qatar we were talking about Amazing. before, UAE, Oman, um, and Bahrain as well. So quite a variety of, of different countries and each with their own nuances and characteristics. And so when it was time to, to, to move on, uh, the group were very kind in offering me a place here in, in Vietnam, uh, which I was absolutely delighted to take. To tell you a bit of a, an anecdote about Vietnam, I do have a bit of a love for Vietnam and I was here two years before I arrived, uh, two years ago now. So we're yeah. talking four years ago. Okay. Um, and it was a work regional meeting. So we, we were gathering and we were visiting um, a few bars and restaurants and so on. And I said to my, my now predecessor, the guy who I took over from, 
I just simply said, do you want to swap? You know, can, do you want to come to Dubai and you like take my role? Or? Half jokingly, okay. but fully seriously too. Yep, I was yep. like, come on, let's swap. But it was, of course, a joke. And that's not quite how it worked out, mm-hmm. how I'm here in Vietnam. But uh, fate would be that here I am, okay. two years on. I'm Great. quite happy. So coming from the Middle East, and you mentioned even Bhutan and Sri Lanka, I imagine these countries a little further ahead of probably in terms of awareness of spirits brands, more or less. Well, now definitely with how international the Middle East is, especially. Yeah. How, how far along the spectrum is Vietnam in terms of its awareness of spirits? Like, does the average Gen Zer know what spirits are, generally speaking? I think, to put it simply, a little bit behind but moving rapidly fast, you know, really catching up quick. In the same way, the Middle East um, was, was quite similar in that regard. In the Middle East, the level of, of knowledge probably comes more so from the expatriates moving into the region as opposed to the, 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 the natives of the country. Yeah. Um, I mean, you take a place like Dubai where 90% of the population is expatriate. Yeah, so those different countries bringing in their different knowledge helped obviously bring up the knowledge of the, of the market there. But I would still say that the level of education and understanding of spirits and wine was was not a developing country like the you know Western Europe or something like that. Uh, Vietnam is is similar in that regard, but as I say, there's there's a real thirst I would say and a and a and a, and a want for more information, more knowledge, mm-hmm. which is a big part of of why we're here. It's it's to bring that information and knowledge to consumers and and educate them about what are incredibly. Um, you know, high quality, fantastic products from all over the world. And each of them have their own different uh, characteristics, flavor profiles, origins, terroirs, and so on. So it, it can be quite complex. And I mean, you see on the back bar here, we have a huge portfolio of brands, uh, each of them with, with different characters and so on. So we need to slowly, slowly build up that education here in Vietnam. And right. that's, that's why I'm here. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about Pernod Ricard a little bit too. You mentioned it's a French company here um i'm sure Pinot ricard's been operating here for for many many years um what is what what are the reasons for why Pinot ricard continues to invest let's let's highlight the two or three pillars that you see from a marketing and sales perspective why they're so confident about vietnam what makes it so appealing for sure. our audience to know as you say Pernod ricard we're a french company but we're a very global company i mean we're truly global we we, we have i think 70 plus direct operations and our brands are distributed in 160 odd countries in the world. So we're a truly global company. And we see Vietnam as, as a, a perfect market for, for our brands and our products. As I said before, there's a real thirst, pun aside, there's a thirst for whiskey for sure, but there's a thirst for innovation and new news and new ideas and, and education about these spirits. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons we come here. Whiskey, uh, sorry, Vietnam as a, as a whiskey market, we have an incredibly strong whiskey portfolio, as, as you know, some, some really strong brands. and. And maybe the point for for the audience, a lot of people might not know who Pernod Ricard are, but they'll certainly know our brands. Brands like Shivas Regal, Royal Salute, Absolute Vodka, Ballantines, the Glenlivet, Martel, Cognac, Jacobs Creek Wine. I mean, we have some fantastic international brands that the consumers will know, but not necessarily uh, Pernod Ricard. In terms of, I would say, our mission, of Pernod Ricard's mission globally is about bringing good times from a good place. So we what, what we mean by that is is essentially we talk about moments of conviviality and we talk about uh, bringing people together. The power of human connection is, is, is what we're all about. And any opportunity that we have to really bring people together 
in a moment of friendly and 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 good sharing is is what we're all about and 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 that's why we're here you mentioned whiskey and, and the brands being well known let's dive into that a little bit like the trends and consumer behaviors uh I personally am obsessed with better understanding Gen Z and millennials. I'm sure yeah. that's uh, an area of focus. Of course, you have the higher end consumers as well. They're buying, you know, the whiskeys uh, at the at the higher end of the spectrum. Jeff, sure. what what is the focus there for Pinot Ricard? And and let's start with the Gen Zs first, and then and then talk about the the older audiences. Um, but w- what are some trends you could share about how young people are approaching spirits and sure. alcohol in general? Sure. Well, I'll talk about spirit, but I'll also talk about wine as yes, well because it's, it's, it's one of a, And actually, it's, it's funny. In, in Vietnam, sometimes there's a... Because there's this Vietnamese word, rule, which is the, the sometimes interpreted as wine, which could be whiskey or, or wine. But I'm talking about uh, spirits like whiskey mm. versus a, a grape-based wine. Yes, yeah. And Gen Z and millennials as well, I would say. The trends that we're seeing are cocktails in particular is a, is a big trend that we're seeing it's still relatively small don't mm-hmm. get me wrong you can see around the cities in the big cities in particular the number of new cocktail bars that are opening and um, because consumers want to experiment they want to try new flavors new mixes and so on and they want to also be educated and cocktail bars are a great place for people to to try new flavors and new spirits but also get educated by the wonderful bartenders who have great knowledge and uh, that's one big trend that we're seeing uh, i think one trend that I would say overall is is an expansion of what I would call repertoire. So as you know, Vietnam is a is a big um, beer market uh, and has al- has always been and, and will always continue to be. But what we're seeing now is people, they don't want to replace beer, but in different occasions, they mm-hmm. want to look for an alternative perhaps. So uh, we all have different occasions, whether it be an after work gathering, a gathering with your closest friends, a family gathering, a, a big night out, a celebration. There's lots of different occasions and lots of different products, I would say, that can go in and fit quite well to those occasions. So to give you some examples, we're seeing a real growth in, in sparkling wine. So in the, in the high energy nightlife or nightclub space where people are out to enjoy themselves and celebrate, sparkling wine is becoming um, very, very prominent. Wine itself is becoming more and more prominent. We talked earlier about the education and people starting to understand a bit more and, and the, the universal... Um, abilities that wine has to fit into great occasions like the meal occasion and um, so a, a good pairing of wine with your meal or a, you know a simple glass of wine with your partner at home or or in a quiet bar we're seeing that as a as a big trend as well okay and that's across from young people all the way to the older consumers yes i, I would say so and um, i would say the younger consumers are maybe driving that thirst for new and um, we're, we're really seeing a, a real thirst for innovation for new things new news uh, and the young consumer, I would say, are maybe a bit more open to those new products, new times, new occasions, mm-hmm. and so on. But the older consumers are willing to, but maybe just a little bit slower than the, the younger generation. I have a bit of a story for you as well. Can I like a good um, story? One of the first cocktail bars, I moved here seven years ago, and one of the first cocktail bars that was not in a hotel uh, that I went to, uh, Layla. Uh, Layla opened six, almost seven years ago, I think. Yeah. And when it first opened, I remember it was mostly business people going from out of town, within the city, of course, to local mm-hmm. uh, expatriates. They were the ones going to the bars, sure. foreigners too. Um, but then you fast forward six years later and you go there today, the same the same exact bar, and it's all 20-somethings. Yes. It's a huge shift. And I think that reflects the adoption of the spirits and cocktails in general, especially with the young people. And, yes. and those groups that you saw at Layla six years ago, they're they're now kind of spread out. They're, they're going to all the different types of bars that are yes. now so common commonplace in, in Saigon. So that was 
visually for me a very uh, transformational six years. I would second that. Um, even that four years ago occasion I mentioned where I, I tried to angle my way into Vietnam and um, before the, the the market then that I saw versus mm-hmm. the market that I see now is 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 vastly different than exactly to your point. Leyland might have been one of the first and 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 few and and maybe only at the time. And nowadays, uh, every street corner, I won't say street corner, but every street has, has a couple of cocktail bars. But what I really love about the cocktail bar scene here, which is maybe talking about differences from, say, the Middle East, is here, the vast majority of them are owner-operated, which means there's a real passion right. being brought into those They're not owned outlets. by investment groups or something exactly. like that. Exactly. So, and it's not to say that those uh, venues don't have a purpose. They, they absolutely do, and they, and they fulfill the need for sure. But having, you know, the guy behind the bar who's... Uh, it, it's his space, you know, and it's his passion and it's his love. So that really comes across, you know, when he's talking about the products and, and, and so on. And those guys are the guys that are really helping to educate the market as well. So it's really important. Before we talk about the future of the industry, but also Panera Card in Chum yeah. in 2023, uh, let's take a step back and reflect on what happened last year. I think uh, you guys in particular in the F&B industry in general uh, got out of lockdown, that big surge, it kind of was there, kind of was not, you know, the, the borders reopened, which is also a big contribution to the yes. hospitality industry. Maybe you can walk through how those 12 months were like and and what got you excited uh, in terms of milestones. The first thing I would say is what got me excited and probably everybody in Vietnam mm-hmm. was simply the opening up, you know, the, the ability for us to get back and connect again face to face. You know, that was for me. In the last 18 months or so, that's the biz- biggest success we in, in Vietnam have, have had. I mentioned before, you know, Pernary Card's mission is about bringing people together and, and, and sharing and connecting and enjoying convivial moments. So that was the, the, the biggest success and joy, I would say, for, for all of us um, in the last 18 months or so. Uh, from a business perspective, if I reflect upon it, uh, as we do at this time of year, you know, New Year starting, I would say there's two two areas that anytime we talk about success, it, it has to be about two of the most important things in, in our business, which would be our people here in Pernary Card and, and also our consumers. So uh, taking those individually from our people perspective, first and foremost, uh, thankfully uh, everyone was healthy and, and came through the, the pandemic in, in, in good health, which is the first and foremost thing. Um, I think we've had some really interesting milestones, I would say internally in, in Pernary Card. We've we made some changes to procedures and and in you know the employee value proposition here, and had some really great results. We recently just got um, voted as one of the hundred best places to work, um, from Amphibi, which was a, a really great milestone for us, and we're very proud of that. Um, but we also we we run an internal survey. It's called I Say. It's a global survey where employees have an opportunity to have their say, um, and tell you about what they're happy with or not happy with, and areas that we can improve and. Our engagement levels in that survey were incredibly high. I mean, industry um, industry beating, I would say. Um, and, and that's something that we're very proud of. When, when we have an engagement rate and employees, over 95% of employees saying that they're proud to work for, for Pernary Card is... Are, are you proud to work? Absolutely. <laughs> very much so. I was, got I've, I've got there. my lapel, my shoeless <laughs> lapel here for sure, yeah. Uh, 100%. So while we feel that and we know that, to get that validation is, mm. is really something special. So... I would say those are, are, are things from a people perspective that we're really proud of. And um, from a, a consumer perspective, I would say some of the achievements that we've had here is feeding the trends of the market. 
and uh, we talked earlier a bit about the trends. Leading the trends as in like leading them or... I would like to say yes, that we, yeah. we, we like to push ahead. We are the leader here in, in, in Vietnam in, from a, an international wine and spirit perspective. So uh, we like to lead from the front and, and make sure that um, we're, we're ahead of our, our great competition. Um, some of the, the, the great successes I think we've had this year, we've, we've, we've introduced some new products. So, for example, I, I know we were part of it together, um, Royal Salute 24-year-old, which is a beautiful new um, ultimate luxury whiskey that is specifically uh, designed and made for the Vietnamese market. So it's only available here in Vietnam, and that was a huge success for okay. us. So really happy with that. And that's still available to... Still available, today. yeah, and will be ongoing. So plenty, plenty of opportunities to, to, to pick it up and try it. And um, we've also, and you've seen in the market, the, the, the Japanese trend, it's not in the last year or two, it's probably over the last five, 10 years, maybe, uh, the, the interest in Japanese culture and food and drinks. Uh, and so part of that, we've extended one of our most famous products, Shiva's 18-year-old, um, and we've uh, done a line extension with um, Japanese oak, Mizunara oak. So we've selectively finished uh, one of our whiskies in that. So that's a really unique innovation. And then even from the wine side, we have brands like Jacob's Creek, where we have a, a, it's not as new, but it's it's relatively new here in terms of our use of it in, in Vietnam is, is Jacob's Creek Double Barrel, which is a wine that was one of the first wines in the world to age and rest itself in, in whiskey barrels. So it has um, a bit of that whiskey character and adds a real deep, rich character to the to the whiskey. Uh, sorry, whiskey the wine. keeps coming up. It seems it's to be the best selling spirit. Yes, 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 by far, by far, today by far, within the international spirit segment, yes, it's uh, whiskey by far, it's it's a very strong whiskey market, but as I said, there is, there is real thirst for, for new news, Uh, Um, you mentioned before about, but maybe we'll talk about the future later on, but there's a real thirst for new news, new categories, new things, Mm. and thankfully, Pernary Card has a a, a huge portfolio from which to, to tap into all of those trends, and we have not just whiskeys, we have plenty of vodka, we have some great gin brands, from all over the world. And um, we have wine, of course, we have tequila, cognac, everything. We mentioned earlier, and we noticed too, beer is still hyper-dominant. We're talking like 99% of all yes. alcohol consumption, right? Yes. And let's, let's not beat around the bush there. For and sure. I think uh, you guys can see it two ways. One is, of course, uh, much smaller, but at the same time, it's also a very fast-growing uh, segment for you guys. How do you approach the whole kind of beer, I don't want to say competition because it's not really, but um, approach that Vietnamese consumers take. Is it about uh, sharing those consumers, uh, giving excuses, good excuses for drinks to be enjoyed at different times? Um, Or is is that even something you you guys would even look to get into in in beer? I don't know if that happens globally, but uh, what's your take on? I think think to get into beer, maybe not. I I won't speak for headquarters, (laughs) but we've had discussions before, and I think that's probably a no. But, you know, we like to to play where we're strong, Mm -hmm. and we're super strong in in spirits and wines, uh, and we do a great job there, so we we want to continue to expand upon that. To answer your question, yes, of course. You know, beer consumption is is huge here in Vietnam, and would we like a piece of that pie? For sure. But I think, going back to what I mentioned earlier, it's about repertoire, um, and, and we've seen the evolution of the consumer here and the evolution of outlet types you know so we're talking about cocktail bars there's plenty more international restaurants so versus 10 15 20 years ago the type of outlet the type of occasion that exists here in vietnam now is much more varied than it was Uh, and with that gives opportunity for for new um products Mm -hmm. new 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 categories uh, for consumers to explore i don't see it as a, a, a 
a direct competition. I think there's plenty of room for all of us, you know. And within each individual, I I don't see it that each individual has to drink only beer or only whiskey or whatnot. Right. And everyone can have their their own repertoire. And as I say, depending on the occasion, a whiskey might be more suited or a wine. It, it, it can also, not just occasion, but it can depend upon who you're with, you know. If, for example, you're in a mixed group, maybe uh, a whiskey might not be the, the, the choice for the mixed group. So you have to identify what would be something that's amicable to the to the whole party. Uh, the wine, for example, is, is very universal. Uh, so I, I think there's there's plenty of opportunity. And we're, of course, looking at uh, all of those um, unique spaces where we can we can find some opportunity for us. Uh, we've talked a lot about the different products and, and what Vietnamese consumers can choose from. Um, and you mentioned the internal side of things as well. I want to touch on something that's a bit in the middle. For example, ESG and CSR are, are huge initiatives for all companies now. Sure. Um, do Vietnamese consumers care about that? I'm, I'm sure the team it's does. It's a question. I think I was speaking with uh, Ludovic, the general manager of Pinot Ricard here in Vietnam the other day, and he was mentioning how your team went out to somewhere i forget where to do yes. clean up and it's like wow we want we want six hours to do this and yes. like a ton of you can obviously see there's so many landscapes in vietnam that are underwhelming in terms of cleanliness and just the environment being taken care of plastic everywhere sure um do you guys take that seriously and and do you communicate those kind of values in terms of the actual product delivery to consumers as well is yeah. there anything in the pipeline about that yeah i mean we could talk about this all day yeah. to be honest um but going back to the the occasion that you talked about mm. that was what we call responsible day so there's one day every year where the entire primary card um company downs tools shall we say stops work and and does some sort of initiative to give back to the community Earth. so each year we'll have a, a different theme okay and um, the the occasion that you were talking about this time was about biodiversity and and, and nature so we went out to a region um in in in, in the mekong somewhere forgive me if i, I should just enough. go outside to the river here too. yeah I mean, we, we could have yeah <laughs> we, maybe we will next year yeah, yeah. So, and we planted some trees to, to give back to our products are, are from the land. I mean, we produce in, as I said, I think we have about 55 or more production facilities around the world. We use more than 100 different types of ingredients from seeds to grains to botanicals. Uh, water is an incredibly important part. Of, mm. Without water, we don't have uh, primary kind products. Right. So it's an incredibly important part of our of our business uh, and and our planet, and we have a responsibility to make sure that, uh, as we say, there there is no conviviality without excess, or sorry, with the excess, should I say? So we take it very seriously. We have uh, four kind of key pillars from a sustainability responsibility perspective that we really focus on, um, which are very much aligned to the the UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, so so those four would be one around uh, valuing our people. Um, which is a very much to do with our internal people, but also the people of our supply chain and making mm -hmm. sure that they have the, the fair price and, and fair um, production methods and so on. One is about circular making, which can encompass uh, a huge amount of things from packaging to uh, water sourcing, agriculture and so on, uh, down to the, the heavy the weight of our bottles. So we're looking to reduce the, the weight of our bottles, use a lot more recycling materials, I mean, there's countless examples that I could I could use um, for, for, for that. Um, one is about what we would call um, responsible hosting. You know, we're in the alcoholic beverage industry uh, and we believe that it's it's a responsibility for us to be the leaders and, 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 and showcase appropriate way to consume uh, beverages in, in a responsible and convivial and uh, enjoyable way for all. So that's a, a big thing. And actually, quite soon, we're going to be running a campaign around drink more water 
So we'll be running it here in Vietnam, and it's a, it's a consumer education program to encourage people to uh, make sure they're hydrated as they're enjoying their, their night out. So it's a really important part of it. And, and the last one is about nurturing our terroir, uh, which goes back to this um, responsible all-day element that I said, which is very much about ensuring the sustainable farming methods, uh, water preservation, all of the, the terroir where we take our products from and make sure that we're giving back to that land that gives so richly to us. So it's, it's very important. I want to talk about something that you guys have less control over in terms of your direct contribution, which is counterfeiting. Yes. There are so many stories of my friends who are traveling from overseas. They're always warned, oh, you know, make sure you go to a good bar, the one that actually buys real stuff. Sure. And and I ask, they'll ask like, you know, do you know where the, the bars are that sell the real stuff? I'm like, well, most bars down to, if not all of them, it's hard to kind of, um, to, be, to be honest, to spot it out sometimes because sure. the counterfeiters are so good at what they do, right? Um, maybe you can touch upon the problem in that industry exactly, because when I say counterfeiting, I mean not just the creation of these things here domestically, but also illegally importing products from overseas, it could be through the land borders and whatnot. Um, what what kind of issue do you guys face there, and what, if anything, is being done internally at Pernod Ricard about that? Sure. The first thing I would say from a consumer perspective is don't worry, it's, it's not as big a problem as, as, as perceived. Uh, there is a, a big perception, I would say, in, in the market that it's it's there and it's super strong. It's not as big as, as people perceive. And rest assured that us and our competitors, by the way, we're all in it together. We do a huge amount to make sure that uh, it's not an issue. Do you have any stories about what you've done to kind of combat sure, that? Sure, yeah, yeah, plenty, plenty. Maybe to go back to your point about yeah. uh, importing, um, there's there's maybe some, some misunderstanding there too, some products that come in. The customs do a very good job here in making sure that that's not an issue. So if there is any counterfeit issue, it would tend to be more of a domestic thing. But even at that, the, the police authorities and the government are doing a very good job to, to, to counteract it. From a, a Pernary card perspective, we have a, a very good system, which we call Scandi. And so when you look in a bottle of, of, of Shivas Regal, as an right. example, there will be a barcode on the back where you can scan that barcode and it will verify the origins of that product. And so you have 100% assurance and guarantee that the product is, is genuine and of good quality. On the topic of counterfeiting and controlling supply chains to this side question, um, does Panera Card have factories in Vietnam? Do you guys manufacture anything here? Are you bringing product in at the moment? Do you have any plans? If not? Plans, Ooh. potentially. Okay. Uh, we don't have any wholly owned uh, manufacturing here in Vietnam okay. to date. Um, there are some things that we're looking at, probably won't be wholly owned, but yeah. we are looking at, to your point earlier on about uh, beer and so on, we're looking at some interesting car um, categories around uh, ready to drink and so on. Uh, and so the potential opportunity for, for local production in that regard. Yep. We do some ad mix for, for one of the uh, products that we do have here in, mm -hmm. in Vietnam, but okay. it's, it's very small. Most of what we have is, is, is imported mm -hmm. from, from source. Right, so right, our right. Scotch whiskey from, from Scotland, exactly. our Australian wines come from Australia. Yeah. Okay, very good. We have a final part to today's kind of podcast, and thank you for sharing your insights. Pleasure. So two questions. I'll start with the first one. Uh, the second one is about hiring. So uh, okay. I think you already know what to expect there. But the first one is um, we've invited you today on today's show because we want to know more about spirits and what consumers and businesses can expect about it. And you have a lot to share there. What is something that you don't know about that you'd like to know more? Uh, because we can then invite that person or that industry to be on the show. So for example, We've done about 200 episodes so far, and we've never had a guest from the Caroline industry on the show. And so recently, a lot of people have been bringing that up. 
like, hey, we need someone here to talk about this. Sure. Uh, we have that in the pipeline. Hopefully get some questions answered for our audience. How about for you? What, what kind of questions can we answer for you Oh goodness me! Uh, that you'd like to know more we, about. We could be here all day talking okay. about what I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's an interesting question. Could be no wrong answer, no specific person either. It could just be an industry, even. Sure, I mean, maybe. I think maybe going back to to what we talked about earlier uh, and the the early stages of that consideration here in Vietnam would be around the the topics of sustainability and responsibility. Mm. So. I think there's huge opportunity here in Vietnam uh, for for initiatives to to take greater impact. Really great opportunity here, and I'd love to hear more from whether it be experts from abroad on how Vietnam can can pick up pace. Because the one thing that's great about Vietnam is when they get behind something, when things start moving, it moves pretty pretty quick. And um, so whether that be, as I say, an international expert coming in offering guidance and advice or whether that be some local initiatives, of which we've seen plenty. Um, we've had, um, as you know, uh, the, the Blue Venture Awards, which is about sustainable entrepreneurship. And mm. through that program, we've, we've seen a huge amount of, of social entrepreneurship here in Vietnam uh, and some great initiatives for that area of, of the world. Uh, so I think I'd like to know a bit more about how Vietnam can really step change its um, improvements there. Okay, fantastic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, last question, um, at least within the realm of marketing. Um, I'm sure you have a, a cadre of dozens of brand managers, maybe. Yes. What, what does that look like? What does that structure look like within a spirits company? And, and love to know more if you guys are recruiting more too. It's, it's an interesting question because at the moment, we're not just looking about what it looks like, but what it should look like. So, uh, you know, the kind of the next generation of marketing and, mm -hmm. and, and what that should be. So historically, yes, the, the kind of traditional uh, setups in, in marketing would have been you'd have your brand managers and your trade marketing and so on. What we're looking at now is how, uh, what other areas of specialization can we look to take in? So obviously data is a, is a very important mm -hmm. thing, digitalization, but also looking at, you know, trends like prestige that we've seen in the market and, and that desire and thirst for more premium products. So how can we bring in um, competent talent that help us really develop? that area, whether that be in personalization, direct relationships and, and things like that. So it's, it's ever evolving. Currently, uh, yeah, we, we have a lot of development areas to, to work on there. Really? But of course, digital is a, is a buzzword. Is the, is the talent out there? Is it easy to find? Easy to find is a, is a tricky question, <laughs> you know? Um, Definitely not. Well, yeah, I'd like to say we're very picky, you know, right. I mean, and I hope when you deal with some of our staff here, you, you'll understand that, mm -hmm. you know, we have some incredibly uh, competent and, and talented staff members here and, and we don't choose them lightly, mm -hmm. you know, so to find the right caliber of talent is, is always difficult in any market. Um, but there is an abundance of eagerness and, and, and willing, I would say, in Vietnam. So there's a huge pool of up and coming, super well-educated, super enthusiastic, incredibly digitally savvy um, young talent coming through that we're very much excited about. So it's up to us to make sure that we're uh, compelling enough to, to try and capture them. Very good. You know, that concludes today's podcast. Uh, we're going to do some rapid fire questions for Antoine now for our TikTok. So check us out on TikTok as well. Antoine, thank you for volunteering yourself. First question, what excites you about Vietnam? People. Perfect. What would you say to convince a friend or a colleague to move here? Everything. The energy, the buzz, the atmosphere of, of, of living here in Vietnam, variety of things to see and do in Vietnam. So. It's a great place to live and work. What's the most difficult part of being a leader? Having somebody to talk to. I think that's the most difficult part. But the most rewarding part is the fact that you're working with people every day. 
what beverage do you start your day with? I start, I've started recently with um, lemon and, and warm water, and then I soon move on to, to coffee later on. On a Sunday, 10 a.m., where would you be and what would you be doing? I think Sunday mornings are very much a relaxing time for me. I have a place nearby where I live that does an incredibly good croissant. So a little walk down there to pick up a croissant to have my morning coffee, a nice lounging morning. Most often place I am, but sometimes you'll see me on a golf course as well. I do like to play golf. If I went into chat GPT and I asked them, um, what is Antoine Breen like? What would it say? A lot of people have talked to here in Vietnam. I, I seem to come across as quite cold and maybe even uh, unhappy and angry. Maybe it's my face, I don't know. But anyone who would know me, uh, know me well, would know how much of a, an, an incorrectness that that is. Uh, I think I, I would like to consider myself a, a reasonably easygoing, fun-loving, uh, amicable person who can, can have a conversation and enjoy time with, with anyone, I would like to think. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone, uh, for another episode of Vietnam Innovators. If you hear Antoine's Irish accent voice somewhere in Vietnam, it's most likely him, or if you see him at the bar, say hello. Sure. Um, you can also just drop a him a note on LinkedIn or other other ways to reach him. We'll, we'll include um, his LinkedIn group, uh, LinkedIn profile on the comments section. So check it out, Pinot Ricard Vietnam. Thank you so much, Antoine, Measure. marketing director of Pinot Ricard Vietnam. And uh, we hope to have you or someone else from your team on the show very soon um, to learn more about spirits. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.